walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, in this art he is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the apron bump. Or should I call it total non-stop apron? Bump, bump, apron bump, total nuts. TNA, TNA, TNAAB. Look, I was either going to come in with that stupid joke or I was going to come in singing Creed, my sacrifice. So you got it. You got, you know, it's the, it's the lesser of two evils, folks. Okay. So, uh, so shut the fuck up. All right. God, geez. Let me, let me talk. I'm just trying to do a podcast here. Um, TNA Sacrifice 2005 Hot Dog on an Ice Cream Sandwich. This show was actually very, very good. You know, TNA, I get it. LOL TNA, I get it. Jeff Jarrett, uh, Reverse Battle Royals, Relic, Claire Lynch, I got it. I'm with you. But 2005 TNA, man, I touched on it in a previous episode. I can't remember if it was my last one, No Surrender or a, uh, an older one. But the changes that TNA has gone under within just the year of 2005 since I've been covering it, right? Whether it's, you know, the changing in the booking backstage, they, they let Dusty Rhodes go, among others. Um, they've let a lot of other people go, which we actually go over in the episode itself. But a lot of the old timers aren't getting as much uh, spotlight. TNA is really leaning into that X division style. The tag team division they're leaning into the TNA sacrifice 2005. This show takes place on August 14th, 2005. We're a little over halfway through the year, but it's already <laughs> night and day between the beginning of the year and how watching these pay-per-views felt. Early 2005, I'm going to be honest, a lot of these shows were kind of a chore to watch. Like, they had a few matches that were very good, but you had to kind of suffer through or sacrifice through them, huh? Branding. But early 2005, like I said, it was just a whole different pace to it, a whole different feel. And they're definitely uh, taking that into account. They definitely went and watched things back or at least listened to feedback from the fans and have made changes, and that's evident with TNA Sacrifice 2005, because ultimately this show kind of flies under the radar uh, pretty much because of what the next pay-per-view is, 
Unbreakable has that that famous triple threat match for the X Division title. We all know that, right? We actually make steps to that match here in this show, which is a a dandy. But um, sacrifice, like I said, it kind of flies under the radar because it bound for glories in a few months as well. But thus far, and if you've been following along with me in this journey through TNA, which by the way, if you uh have not been and you want to kind of Get caught up from the beginning. You can go to apronbump.com, go to the episodes tab, select TNA, and there's your journey right for you. It brings up all my episodes that I've done in chronological order, starting from their first three-hour pay-per-view in late 2004. So this journey from then to now, TNA Sacrifice 2005 is probably my favorite show that I've watched from them so far. I would say by a, a good margin. Just based on on how well-rounded this show was, how consistently good the matches were, there weren't really a lot of duds, if any, on this show. There's still, don't worry, there's a lot of TNA-isms that exist that we <laughs> will ridicule till the, the, till the cows come home. Uh, I don't know what that saying means, but I think that applies there, right? But yeah, TNA Sacrifice, really good. I keep saying the event like I'm Scott Steiner, but... Uh, st- <laughs> spells trouble for you at sacrifice, <laughs> but yeah, I'm kind of rambling, but TNA, you'll, you'll, we get some major news in regard, in regards to a, uh, a TV deal that TNA has landed in the beginning of the show. And that's when, so this buzz that TNA has here at this point, that's where that buzz really starts to build on itself. They start to build momentum. It's kind of been stagnating throughout this year so far, but now it's not, it's buzzing, but now it's buzzing like a fucking bumblebee. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, what? So TNA is, uh, looking good right now. Looking good. And in this show, like I said, we get a lot of good X division action all throughout the show but they managed to kind of differentiate each match, whether it's the style of the match, whether it's the stakes involved. Um, So they do a really good job at that. We also get the debut of Austin Aries on this show. And we get some matches that like you see it on the card. You're like, oh, that's going to be kind of a that's a bathroom break match. But there's some matches on this show that blew my expectations away. Uh, For example, Abyss versus Lance Hoyt. Awesome match. Uh, The main event which is very, you know, I give Jeff Jarrett a lot of shit. But honestly, I'm 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 entertained by his matches more than not. So like, maybe I need to let up on old Double J here. But the main event is Jeff Jarrett and Rhino versus Raven and Sabu. Huh? Yeah, I didn't make that up. That's a thing that's happening here. Really, really fucking fun main event and a lot of shenanigans at the end that kind of build towards future matches. Um, but man, what by, what by far stole this show by far was shocker versus no, I'm just kidding. It was the X division cup finals, the super X cup finals. Whew, I gotta take a deep breath before this one. AJ styles versus Samoa Joe. Just take a second. Don't don't. Don't finish yet. We're, we're just, you got to edge a little a little farther. We'll talk about it. But man, oh man, did that match make my nipples turgid? Let me I'm, let me tell you. <laughs> so, and uh, Christopher Daniels is champion, X division champion. He's ringside. 
and Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles is a match to crown the number one contender for that title. So, yeah, we're getting into it, baby. We're getting into peak TNA, and I am ready for it. But my guest on this show, returning to the apron bump, Frank from the Last Minute Wrestling Podcast. Uh, it's funny, but the last time I had him on the show, we actually covered TNA Destination X 2005, which is a great episode. You should go check that out. But that was in like February, March, right? So that perfectly like I keep talking about how how different this product was from the beginning of 2005 to now. And I have a, now Frank is able to perfectly represent that because he saw what it was in the early two, or in the early 2005. And now he's just jumping straight back here into August. And so now he automatically notices the difference. And we talk about that. But a great time with Frank. You can check him out on Twitter at LMW Podcasts. Also check out his podcast at LMWpodcast.com. There's a lot of great interviews. Really good dude. Really entertaining guy. He's also a verbal ambassador. If you go to his Twitter, you can check that out. All the links in his bio there. And I'll also link all that stuff in the description below. So let's get into it. TNA Sacrifice 2005 with myself and Frank from the Last Minute Wrestling Podcast. But yeah, man, so uh, so we last spoke about Destination X 2005, mm-hmm. which I believe is like in February or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're at Sacrifice, which is in August. Yeah. Um, and just to recap, so you're, you're very familiar with this era of TNA, right? Yeah, yeah, quite a, quite a lot, quite a lot. It's the, uh, the the era that, for some very weird reason, was on free TV in Italy. So, so yeah, two thousand and five, two thousand and six, even more. Yeah, really. So it continued even when they uh, went to Spike in yeah. Italy. You still got it for, for free, I guess. Yeah, I guess, yeah, on some weird ass channel that I really don't remember. So it wasn't Spike. It was like some no, Italian no. version of. No, it was <laughs> called like GXT or something like that. Uh, Oh, okay. Well, whatever avenue <laughs> whatever. it takes. Yeah. To yeah. Get the six-sided ring, whatever it takes. <laughs> whatever, yeah. But yeah, I bring that up because uh, they actually informed the audience on this pay-per-view that they just landed the Spike TV deal, uh, which is huge for... I mean, that's like, in my opinion, that's like when TNA really starts. I don't know if you would agree or not. Mm, yeah. Because that's like Samoa Joe, Daniels, AJ. Like, that's when all that stuff starts. Yeah, that, that is like uh, a few months before Christian Cage joins TNA, a few months yes. before Kurt Angle joins. And uh, yeah, that's that, that snowballs. is where, where TNA really took off. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but kind of just to catch you up on what's happened since mm-hmm. Destination X. Yeah. Um, and I actually went back and looked at the card because like, I forgot which one it was, but it, it's like hilarious how many people are no longer with the company since we last spoke. So like... Yeah. Three times. Kid Cash. First Try, oh man, we got to... We'll, we'll touch more on him in the opening match because he yeah. kind of ties in with that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Tr- Triton's gone. Sad. Yeah. Uh, DDP's gone. Uh, the, the the Nazis, a.k.a. Yeah. the Disciples of Destruction. Uh, I love them. I, lo- I love those guys. Yeah, the Nazis. You, the Nazi bikers. You witnessed, yeah. That was literally their one match, and you witnessed it. <laughs> Fight out the slam. Dustin Rhodes is gone. Yeah. Uh, Kid Cash is over, you know, cruiserweight at the WWE mm-hmm. now. Yes. Um, and for, Chris Candido sadly passed away, obviously, but... Yeah, there was a sign. There was a sign. Uh, uh, yes. In the... In the audience about it, yeah. 
yeah, right in the hard cam. It was like in memory of Chris Candido, but yeah, so that was cool to see. Yeah. Um, Jarrett's no longer champion. He lost the title in a uh, King of the Mountain match in which mm-hmm. Raven won. Actually, he lost it to AJ, and then AJ lost it to yeah. Raven. Um, so he's still champion here. Christopher Daniels, I believe he won the title on the show we covered, and he's still champion. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I have some reminiscence. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, and Billy Gunn has undergone like 12 name changes since then. So <laughs> he's uh, not the <laughs> outlaw anymore. And that's that's nope. really sad. <laughs> yeah. Did that ruin the show for you that he's no longer yeah, the outlaw? Yeah, when it was announced announced as uh, Keep James, it was like, what? No, he's the outlaw. <laughs> you open up the show and there's no Triton and you're like just barely hanging on by a thread and you're like, yeah. Kip James, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but um, overall, I guess overall, what were your thoughts on this show, Sacrifice? Uh, much better than the previous one that we covered. Much agreed. I think, yeah, I think it was much better. Uh, it had uh, w- one match, one match that I think was a, a truly great match, and uh, which I will not spoil now. And uh, uh, the the main event, which I had literally zero faith in <laughs> in that mm-hmm. match going in, it was kind kind of entertaining. So yeah, it was. Uh, I, I was really shocked and. Uh, more or less every match is like from decent decent to good in my opinion mm-hmm. except maybe one match uh, or two that uh, were like man but n- mm-hmm. no, there wasn't re- really bad stuff in this pay-per-view in my opinion yeah i i agree 100 percent. and uh we we're talking about people that left the company uh dusty Rhodes also left the company and oh, yeah. from what i understand he was like the head booker or you know some something related to that Mm-hmm. So I don't know what other shuffles have gone on backstage, but you can definitely tell the shows are paced much better in the yes. later half of 2005. Um, like the early 2005 shows, there's a lot of dead space, a lot of garbage you had to just yeah, sit lot. through. A lot. Um, but uh, but yeah, this show, uh, an easy watch for sure. I think every match had some sort of value to it in some mm-hmm. way. Yes. Um, which is interesting because I don't know if you noticed, but there was no title matches on this nope. show no nope, that's and, true I yeah didn't and, that. yeah that's true that's but true. the fact that you didn't know and i didn't notice it until really like the main event it's i think that says something about like the, the storylines and the matches were good enough to where you didn't need the titles yeah so i think that's a good thing in my opinion yeah yeah absolutely so yeah a lot of grudge matches and commentary did a, a particularly good job on this show at like driving the point home of like why each match mattered in its own right yeah i wouldn't know that because i listened to the spanish version as as, as you <laughs> as i mentioned before because, because, oh yeah that, that that was that was amazing uh <laughs> there, there is a tip for everyone who's listening right now if you want mm. to watch older tna pay-per-views for free just go to their website and, and look out for the spanish version I don't know why, but yeah. they're all free. And uh, the, the English one, uh, you had to pay. So that's why I'm a cheap bastard and I decided to go for the free one. So you're saying you didn't want to pay for David Young? <laughs> or Simon no? Diamond? Or si- <laughs> what do you, so, so this opening match here, it's a six-man tag. We got Chris Saban, Shark Boy, and Sanjay Dutt versus <laughs> the Diamonds in the Rough, which yeah. is a faction comprised of Simon Diamond, David Young, and new member Elix Skipper. 
Yeah, right. So what do you? I'll what are your triple X? Yeah, I was about to say, like, what are your what are your thoughts on Elix Skipper in general? Oh, well, uh, there is of course the is uh, mostly famous for the cage spot. You know that that probably right. occurred like a, a month or two before that pay per view that we watched because it was referenced yep. to, to throughout the match and there was I think a little bit of a clip about it and yeah, uh, um, yeah and that was the first time that I ever saw TNA. I saw that spot. So you can imagine, I'm literally enamored with the guy. But outside of that, I know really, really little about him, about his career. I know he was like a WCW Mm -hmm. cruiserweight or something like that before. And uh, uh, I think that he had a lot of potential. Uh, To me, he was on the same level as a Christopher Daniels or an AJ Styles. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a shame that he basically disappeared out of thin air yeah no you're 100 right because like you said he's almost entirely remembered for that spot where he walked on the cage mm-hmm. um and he's it, it was just a matter of them not really cap not it's not like they he was booked badly because he did get chances he had a few x division title matches he had a mm-hmm. singles match against uh daniels he's been in a few multi-man match i think even in the one we covered he was in the the title match it was mm-hmm. ultimate x yes so he's he's had the spotlight, but something just never clicked. I don't know. To me, I don't know if this is because I've, I've seen only a, a snapshot of his career. But mm-hmm. he strikes me as one of those guys that can do the fancy moves. But yeah. like the in-between stuff, as far as tying everything together, um, even talking on the mic, he's, he's, he's decent on the mic, but I don't think. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I see what you mean. I see, you know, you know who he, he reminds me in a way like career-wise, not, not about the moveset or the physique. It reminds mm-hmm. me a lot like uh, of Mojo Rowley. Think about really? it. Really? Yeah, I think Mojo Rowley is that kind of guy that always kind of have a little bit of a push, then people mm. have forgotten about him, then you have like probably one or two moments that you vividly remember about his career, and yeah. uh, uh, but... Uh, and. He had these moments, but uh, yeah, if you analyze him, uh, his wrestling style and the in-between stuff, as you said, is not really there, uh, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. And uh, it's kind of a similar vibe. As someone who has potential, but um, is not, yeah, completely developed in that, right. in that way. Yeah. And another layer to it is that, I mean, later in the show, we have AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. We have Christopher Daniels as the X Division champion. He's red hot. Mm-hmm. And like even the three guys that they're facing, Chris Sabin, Shark Boy, Sanjay Dutt, they're all pretty over in their own right. Oh, yeah. So I think it, it also is just a matter of the time that he started to get hot was when these guys were coming in. And I think he just got lost in the shuffle. I think that's really all it amounts to, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, but before we talk about this match, I wanted, yeah. <laughs> there's a little thing that I wanted to point out the logo of the pay per view. That terrible tribal tattoo is so 2005. Man, that's a tramp stamp if I ever saw one. And Man, <laughs> I... that that is god awful. Oh, that was really terrible. Every time I had to see that one, I I cringed a lot. That was con- <laughs> funny. That, that was considered cool back then. There is people walking this earth to this day who still have that that tattoo. That tattoo. Oh, I see. Yeah. You know what? It didn't strike me for whatever reason. But yeah, that's definitely like 
um, guy that gets tattoo but doesn't really think about it. He just wants like a that's like barbed wire around the around the bicep kind yeah, of deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's like Batista's belly tattoo. Batista yes, tattoo. yeah. <laughs> it's probably the same. This pay per view should have just been called Batista's belly button tattoo. Yeah, <laughs> would have gotten a lot more buys. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. But um, so yeah, Diamonds in the Rough is this new faction. And Triton was actually originally a part of this. Um, <sighs> well, it was more so just him. He was kind of like the bodyguard for Simon Diamond. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, Triton sucks, so they released him. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Triton. <laughs> Poor Triton and his tiny head. Yeah. I wonder what he's up to these days. Probably nothing. I mean, Probably not you much. You see him, he's like seven foot tall. He has a very tiny head. And uh, I don't know, he's like <laughs> the funniest accountant of uh, West yeah. Oregon or wherever he's from. I don't know. Uh, that, I don't know. Uh, that's, that could be cool. Maybe he's like an electric- electrician. He can get into high places, but he can also get into small places, you know? Yeah. I'm sure he found his niche somewhere. Yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> Triton, if you listen to this, please get in touch. My number is plus 39333. <laughs> 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 no, uh, I would love to talk with him. Man, I need to try to get him on this show. That would be a hoot. That would <laughs> yeah, be a hoot. And I'll invite you on too. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. That would be great. <laughs> um, but this match right here, it's an opening match. You know, it's nothing uh, too crazy. It's a fine match. Uh, to me, Chris Sabin kind of stuck out more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What about what about you in this match stuck uh, out? Well, I'm super biased every time I see uh, Shark Boy. That's a five-star classic to me. Oh, I yeah. Mean, he bites asses just like Cargoch and Hackers Meat intended to. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, that's classic wrestling right there. Yeah. 19th century stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I absolutely love Shark Boy. Uh, Alice Keeper, at, at the point <laughs> during the match, he tries to do the same uh, rope walk that he do above on the cage, but of course mm-hmm. on the rope at this time. And he plants himself. <laughs> I don't know if you, if you noticed that. <laughs> it didn't yeah. it, it didn't do the trick. It was basically it, it, that wasn't high enough. I don't know. But he really plants <laughs> himself. That was a scary spot to me. Uh th- it's it's a kind of a messy finish between him and Sabin. I I mm-hmm. don't know. There were uh, um a couple of roll-ups that something didn't click. I, 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 Some hesitations. Yeah, probably. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the face team wins. Uh, Shark Boy wins. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you bring up the rope walk spot. You know, he's done that a ton of times. Like, he's tried to incorporate that in his move set, but he almost never hits it flush. Like, he almost always slips like he yeah. did here or something. <laughs> yeah. And it really, you know, I brought up, we brought up before, but, like, if he would have done that on the cage, man, that, that would have been disastrous. So yeah. it's it's lucky for him. The one time he hit that right was on a uh, 20-foot steel cage. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, the end, Elix Skipper and Chris Sabin, they kind of counter each other's finishers mm-hmm. and then kind of just trade roll-ups. Chris Sabin eventually uh, gets the upper hand and locks in a jackknife pin on Elix mm-hmm. Skipper for the win. So uh Solid opener match, getting get the crowd. They're finally, in the later half of 2005, they're definitely leaning into that X division. Like, mm-hmm. that's what's going to get the crowd hot. That's what their bread and butter is. Yeah. So they opened the show with that style, and yeah, yeah. it's a good move. And it, it worked. It worked. It was They accomplished what they needed to do. Absolutely. Um, but hey, Triton isn't here. 
But well, don't worry. <laughs> at least shockers here. Shockers here. <laughs> the, the the Spanish announcers uh, introduced him like he was the best Mexican luchador <laughs> ever. Before he came out, they were hyping up this stuff, saying, "Oh, he's like uh, the the, be- the the best free agent of uh, lucha libre stuff like that." And then uh-huh. he came out. And was like, "What the fuck is the shocker again?" <laughs> oh, that come is on. hilarious with you watching the spanish version like you get you got a whole different perspective than what i got because <laughs> yeah. uh, what i saw that was shocker coming out i saw shocker come out to a smattering of applause <laughs> <laughs> nobody knew the fuck he was when he debuted and still nobody cares about still him so nobody Oh man! Um, but let, let me let me spend a quick word about the the ring attire of uh, Alex Shelley. Thoughts? Okay. Yeah. Uh, when when I saw him, <laughs> first thing that came to my mind was uh, uh, for this episode, the role of the Fonz will be played by Alex Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about like his entrance attire, yeah, or his hair, I guess. Like the whole deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the leather jacket. He's a, he's a handsome fella. Well, I'm not gonna hate it. He's a handsome fella. So is no, Shocker. He is. He's, he's El Guapo. He, yeah, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> For in Mexico, maybe he is. Yeah. Um, he's he talking about the attire. I'm gonna tell you one thing that pissed me off about this. They mm-hmm. both came in with tearaway pants. They had yeah. the perfect opportunity to just face off. And both ripped their pants off at the same time, but they didn't do it. They just kind of just slunk it like in the corners, you know, whatever. On, we, we, we love this kind of stuff. Why? why Spectacle. Why? Yeah, yeah. That, that that was that was right there. <laughs> That's that that took away at least a star from this match for me. Yeah, of course. It's only fourteen stars because of that. Could <laughs> um, it be fifteen? Is that Italian metric? I don't know how the metric system works over there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we have metric system, not 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 star system. Oh, I see, I see. Um, but the backstory here is basically they've had uh, two matches against each other, and now they're one and one. So this is kind of the rubber match of their series. Mm-hmm. And uh, each match has kind of been similar. It's been a lot of mat based grappling stuff, um, as opposed to what we saw in the opening, where it was a lot of high flying kind of deals. This is more like submission based counter wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty much what Alex Shelley brought to the table. He did yeah. so well, and Shocker was basically out there to kind of match him. Yeah, the best and, um, lest we forget. Yeah, we can't forget that. I mean, the, I'm sure they reminded you over and over again. Yeah, of course. From the Spanish announce table. Um, and I like the emphasis here that the commentary is putting on, like, their styles. So, mm-hmm. like, this match here, like, the whole story is, like, how are their styles going to combine? Shocker's generally more Lucha Libre, more high-flying. Alex Shelley's more submissions, counter-wrestling, all that stuff. But Shocker's trying to, like I said, he's trying to, like, beat him at his own game, basically. Because yeah. in their last match, I believe it was Alex Shelley beat Shocker with his own move. So now Shocker's here going to try to do what Alex Shelley does. So it's oh, kind of like okay. a tip-for-tack kind of thing. So that's a cool little detail there that commentary threw in that I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Shocker's throwing in some like pretzel. He's, he's wrapping Alex Shelley up like a pretzel in there. Um, really, really fun kind of match. Definitely a different pace in the opening match, but mm-hmm. I still enjoyed it. Ultimately, Shocker goes for like a maestro cradle, but Alex Shelley counters it into a pin of his own, mm-hmm. has his feet on the ropes, and uh, that gives Alex Shelley the win. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, for what it was, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, 
the finish was incredibly inventive. I've, I've never seen mm, something like that because he, he held on to the rope with his tights, basically. Uh, I've yeah. never seen something like that before, but it was also incredibly stupid. The referee was right here, right there. He, he was able to yeah. see that. So that uh, that's a... Uh, the refs had a few uh, moments in the show where they were like... Yeah, yeah, more than one instance. Yeah. Do you need some glasses? Do you need some glasses, fella? But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's crazy. Because okay. you, obviously, you watch a show and you're like, okay, Alex Shelley, he's pretty young here. Mm-hmm. But when you fact, he's only been wrestling for three years at this point. What the And like, fuck? he's already... So, really? That's... So when I when I hear uh, that like he's always oh, twenty two okay he's a young wrestler that's fine shit. but when you when you put it like when you think about it he's only been training for three years that's oh. like insane insane I, I didn't know that oh yeah the that's fact that he's mad. only getting started here we're not even close to Motor City Machine Guns yet no and... no well I think Motor City Machine Guns came like in two thousand and eight it's quite quite yeah. late and... something like that yep yeah um. But yeah, lots to come from Alex Shelley in the future, but not so much from Shocker, I don't believe. Nope. But he's already stuck around longer than I thought he did, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> he's been there like for six months, uh, and uh, yeah. that's six months too long, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Um, but man, Hoytamania is running wild in this next match. Hoyt, yeah. Hoyt, Hoyt. Uh, we got Abyss. Versus Lance Hoyt. Yeah. Battle of the Giants. Uh, what do you think about... so? And also, James Mitchell is with Abyss, which is kind of a new pairing at this point. I, I loved this pairing. What about you? Yeah, I loved it. Absolutely. Everything about Abyss at the, at the time was incredibly spot on. His entrance mm-hmm. music is amazing. Every time I hear it, it's like... You 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 understand that he is like a demented creature, a psycho clown, or something like that, and yeah, yeah. Uh, that's amazing stuff. I don't care about the people saying, "Oh, he's a Kane ripoff, he's a mankind ripoff." I, at least in this iteration of Abyss, like from two thousand and five to two thousand seven ish, I I don't see that that comparison. Uh, I think he, he found his vibe in that in that particular era and with yeah, the pairing with with father mitchell was has always been incredibly spot on everything about mm-hmm. abyss in that period is perfect except he tries too many times the with the, the thumbtack spot that's that's the only gripe <laughs> i have uh which he doesn't in this match i think if i if i recall correctly in this match i don't believe he does nope Unless I missed but, it, which I don't think I would. But <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, it's when, when Abyss he wrestles in a shirt and a mask, so he can afford to take all those thumbtack spots, I yeah. guess. But yeah, this, uh, this battle of the giants here. Mm-hmm. Um, my main takeaway is uh, what the hell is Lance Hoyt wearing? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yet his name written uh, the cross uh, on his thigh. It's like Hoyt, Hoyt. <laughs> <laughs> In case you forget, it was well, he's wearing terrible. like the uh, like the shorts. Like the the early two thousands indie wrestler like shorts. Yeah, yeah exactly. He, he looks like a like a tall Brian Kendrick from two thousand six. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, that is true. And I don't know why I've always had a soft spot for Lance Hoyt. Every time I see him wrestle, I've always mm-hmm. liked him, even when he was in the WWE CW. Uh, but so I'm enjoying what he's doing right now in uh, AEW. But again, mm-hmm. I, f- I think he he's another another example of a wrestler that did not live up to his potential. Um, 
he, yeah. he always said, like, he had the chance to be the guy or at least, like, hold a mid-card title or something like that, but in, mm-hmm. I think he never fully, uh, fully used those chances, if that makes sense. Or yeah. he wasn't, or he wasn't in a position where he, he could do whatever he wanted with that. I, I don't know, but uh, there's always something missing with him, uh, and that's bad because I, I, agree. I, I love me some Lance Hoyt or Lance Archer. Yeah, this is something that just doesn't click. I don't know if it's a matter, like we said with Elix Skipper earlier, is it just a matter of him getting lost in the shuffle? Because, like you said, Christian gets here in a few months, and then mm-hmm. Sting gets there, mm-hmm. Kurt Angle, um, other guys. You have Smojo yeah. in the picture. You have all like a, a lot of the homegrown guys kind of getting yeah, over as I, well. Then, so. I, then I think Lance Hoyt leaves TNA. Yeah, I, I think he sticks around until like 07 or oh, something. Okay. Okay. But like, he kind of just hangs around, like. Because this this match right here, first of all, uh, great match. Yeah, it was a like great a re- match. really really was, fun match. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it was and, a great match. Because it's like, um, so Lance comes out with his Brian Kendrick shorts. Uh, he sprints to the ring. He comes out hot, and he's he's kind of he's actually taller than Abyss, but he's like mm-hmm. fifty or sixty pounds Lighter. smaller. So he's uh, definitely working this match as like the high flyer kind of guy to kind of. Uh, attack Abyss's girth. Um, but Abyss kind of takes advantage for a big chunk of it. But ultimately, Lance fights back, gives Abyss a choke slam, and then a beautiful moonsault. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, this is on my notes. I wanted to talk about that moonsault. It was the first time I've seen a big man connect in the moonsault, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, because like Vader would connect, but he would do it in an ugly way. Yeah. That looked like it hurt, but it didn't look as <laughs> graceful as this one. Yeah, and more or less around the same time, 2004 and 2005, I don't know if you remember, the big show, Paul White, he always tried to do that, but it never connected because uh, it, really? it was... Yeah, it was uh, like like it happened basically on every match he had on SmackDown at, at the time. <laughs> uh, so he was totally in control of the situation. He was killing his opponent. Then, out of the blue, okay, let's... Climb the turnbuckle, and it took forever. And someone uh, went there, boom, and that's it. That's mm. it. And Big Show Real. did what he did best, which is losing matches. <laughs> turned heel, turned and, face, and turned the match. Face, right? that's yeah, <laughs> he was face when he walked up the turnbuckle, and he was heel by the time <laughs> he landed. So, yeah. Big Show got a big show. Uh, but Lance Hoyt, beautiful moon moon salt. Um, he then sets up in the corner like he's going to charge for a big boot. But then gets caught with a black hole slam from Abyss for a yeah. uh, a two count, which is a big deal because Abyss's yeah. black hole slam is one of the most protected finishers in the company at this point. So yeah, I, I, th- I thought so. Yeah. So a uh, huge moment for Lance Hoyt there. I mean, at that point, he already comes out on top, whether he wins or loses. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitchell, who's ringside, throws in a chair to Abyss. Abyss grabs it, but Lance hits him with a big boot and knocks the chair into his face. Kind yeah. of a clunky spot there, but mm, yeah. Um, then, Jesus Christ! So Lance takes this chair and sets. Abyss is sitting in the corner. A bit. Uh, Lance Hoyt puts the chair in front of his face. So immediately, immediately, you're like, okay, he's gonna do a coast to coast drop kick. So I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, he's this six sided ring, right? So I'm thinking he's gonna <laughs> go like on the corner that's like right next to him, which yeah. would be like that's kind of a short jump. But maybe maybe the one next to that, maybe he's gonna do that. No, what this motherfucker does 
It goes to the complete opposite side of the ring. And I'm like, there's no way in hell he's going to reach him. But he does. Coast to coast drop. I guess that yeah. tall dude, lanky, long legs, like, helps him. So really impressive there. Um, and then they pretty much re- like replay, you know, Lance Stort, Lance, or, uh, Lance Storm, Lance Hoyt gets in the corner, goes for a big boot, but then again gets caught with a black hole slam. And then this time Abyss gets the win. So Abyss yeah. wins, but just all, all, all in all, a really fun match between these two. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. I think there was in the middle, uh, the, during a chair spot, uh, the, the referee w- wasn't supposed to see because it was like supposed right. to be knocked down, but uh, he was like standing there in the corner with his hands uh, in front of his My face. My eye. But he clearly, he could clearly see. My God, mm. that that referee was worse than Bryce Rensburg in AEW. Hey, let's not, let's, let's not get carried away here. Ah, oh, come on. That was worse. I, would, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> At least he's not as cartoony as Bryce Remsburg. Look. <laughs> this is shaking his head like a cartoon character. But I digress. Yeah, yeah. We, we, all, uh, we all are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next match, we got, uh, got a tag team match here. And uh, I think... So I know Three Life Crew was a faction when we did our last show. Yes. At that point, were they having tension between their group? Do you remember? Uh, no. Not that I recall. Okay, because it feels like this issue has been brewing for forever. So basically you have three live crew. So you have Conan, Ron Killings, and BG James. So you Mm -hmm. got uh, R-Truth and Road Dog, for anybody that doesn't know. Yeah. And so we got this three-man team. And in who debuts is Billy Gunn, a.k.a. the New Age Outlaw, a.k.a. the Outlaw, a.k.a. Kip, a.k.a. Kip James. So now he's Kip James, Billy Gunn is. Yeah. So the whole premise of it is so R Truth and Road or in uh, Conan are like looking at Road Dog like, what well, are you gonna align with him? Your old your old tag team partner, or are you gonna stick with us? <laughs> and it's yeah. just they're just dragging this shit out. They like several pay per views has been going on. Nothing has been accomplished. But um so that's basically the story here. And it's a tag team match. So it's Kip James and Monty Brown versus the three life crew. So Conan and Ron Killings. Mm-hmm. And, um, and before the match, Shane Douglas is interviewing the referee of this match, who is BG James. Yeah. And uh, so he's basically in a position where now he finally has to choose sides. Yeah. Uh, as he's getting interviewed, Ron Killings and Conan both confront him. Uh, Ron is like, okay, man, I, I believe in you, man. I know you're going to do the right thing. Conan's just bucks up right away, gets in his face, like, come on, why don't you just stab me in the back right here? Are we going to wait till we're in the ring? So it's a little good cop, bad cop, I guess. But uh, so, yeah, so and uh, the match gets up. The match is uh, there's nothing, not a lot of substance to the match, honestly. Nope. Um, there was but, one one of the few matches that were like, hmm, yeah. This is one of the ones where if you like are invested in the story, I can see some value to it, but just a match in a vacuum. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, but BG, this is the thing. So BG James, he's like during the match, he's clearly favoring the three life crew. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's counting slower when Kip and Monty Brown are pinning. Um, he's like spending extra time to check on Ron Killings and Conan when they're down. So he's like clearly like on their side. So I'm watching this expecting a swerve. I think I, yeah. I, I thought like he was going to turn on Conan or turn on Ron Killings because I know 
eventually him and Kip James team up and form VKM and yeah. they got that whole thing. Yeah, in a, in a few months, like uh, right. I, I don't I don't know how many months removed removed from this pay per view, but it's not that far. Yeah, well, I guess they're, they're the James gain first, and then they oh, yeah. t- change their name to VKM. But yeah, probably, um, yeah, that is definitely soon. So I thought it was this pay per view, but I guess it wasn't because uh, ultimately, so Conan takes his shoe off and throws it at Billy Gunn. Who throws I a guess shoe? A <laughs> Honestly, who throws the uh, shoe? Um, <laughs> I don't know why that's his offense, but I, I'm not going to hate it, I guess. Conan wrestling in 2005. He's just thankful that he's in there. Yeah. Um, he hits Billy Gunn with it. Then he takes the shoe, tries to throw it at Monty Brown, uh, but BG James accidentally stands, like steps in the way and gets hit with the shoe by Conan. So now Road Dog and Conan are arguing. This is like, okay, this is where the split's going to happen. Mm-hmm. This is where Three Life Crew dies. So Billy Gunn goes to hit Conan with a chair, but BG James takes the chair from him and uh, then gives Billy Gunn the shake, rattle, and roll. And then Conan hits Billy Gunn with a steel chair, makes the count. Road Dog makes the count, and uh, the Three Life Crew wins. So. I guess uh, BG is sticking with Conan and, and Ron Killings here, huh? Yeah. Uh, no, this match wasn't for me. <laughs> for many <laughs> reasons. <laughs> First of all, I could not care less about Keep James, BG James, and whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't, as, I, as I said last time, I wasn't here on your show. I, I wasn't there for the Attitude Era, so there is not that nostalgia factor for me. Uh, all, mm-hmm. I, all I see is... Uh, one middle-aged guy which uh, looks suspicious, suspiciously muscular and uh, he wasn't even middle-aged at the time. Now he is and he's even more buffed so that's incredible. Uh, yeah. I'm talking about Keep James of course and the other one is just uh, uh, I don't know uh, it, uh, to me Road Dog, whatever you want to call him he has just that catchphrase the R to the O to the A blah 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 mm-hmm. uh, that, that's it I I I really there I don't see value in him as a wrestler. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to put it kindly, uh, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, if yeah. you didn't live through that time, yeah, there's I could definitely see you not really because there was like a, a pretty small block of time where that was over. Mm-hmm. It was really over when it was over, but outside of that, yeah, he really yeah didn't provide much. And uh, the only thing that uh, I enjoyed about this match is um, Ron Killings, R-Truth. At one point, he he jumps from uh, the second rope, I think, and he throws a, a big leg drop. That was amazing. A fucking yeah. amazing move. I, I never saw him do that again. Of course, not now that he's older, but that, was, right. a, that was a great move. Uh, I, I popped for that. And, you know, for what I didn't pop, for my man Monty Brown. Come on. Mm. Why Why do we have... I mean, such a beast and you have to have him caged. Oh, come on. It's, let it's, him, let him lose. Let him time. destroy everything and pounce everyone. He needs... Put the strap on this man. What are they doing? Put, put every strap on Monty Brown. Fuck it. Strap it on and fuck me with it. So, Monty yeah. Brown... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, strap, uh, strap it on and fuck me. Yeah, Monty. There's the sound bite. No. I <laughs> oh, man. But uh, yeah, but I, got, I think Destination X, that was the one where he turned heel, right? Yes. And uh, he has made no progress yeah, since he's just 
been relegated to being a henchman, no, no, basically. Yeah, that, that, I think that was the beginning of the end for Monty Brown as we it know him. 100% was, and it's so sad. But, uh, man, at least we have Christopher Daniels mm-hmm. versus Austin Aries. Yeah. So I this was, is very interesting. Yeah, uh, good. I was kind of boring <laughs> from this match. I don't know, maybe yeah. it's just because of Austin Aries, of course. He has a go-away hit. And uh, yeah. but I love Christopher Daniels uh, and and don't get me wrong, they're both great, great wrestling, but uh, great wrestlers. Sorry, but yeah, I don't know. There was something that didn't click for me. Maybe it was mm-hmm. too long. I don't know how long was, was this match. You have any, any idea? Uh, I have no idea. I would guess probably like twelve ish. Okay, so it wasn't probably. even that long. It was not average. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Probably was because of Austin Aries. That's all. That's all I have to <laughs> yeah. say about Watching it. Watching it with twenty twenty one lenses, it's like, oh god, this no, guy. No, no, I, I hated him even back then. I hated him when he was uh, uh, Austin Star. Oh a, yes, for the paparazzi production. Uh, I don't know if you recall that. I, uh, I don't him. remember enjoying that at all. So uh, yeah, I'm I with hated you. him even even that. So yeah, I, I, I'm I'm an Austin Aries hater for a long time. <laughs> well, I support it. I support you wholeheartedly. <laughs> Um, it's funny you didn't like it because this was built as an internet dream match. <laughs> so uh, I guess there was a poll on TNA's website. So it's basically, okay, Christopher Daniels gets to face one of your favorite indie wrestlers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the options were Austin Aries, Roderick Strong, Jay Lethal, or Matt Seidel. Apparently Austin Aries got 55% of the vote. So what the f- 2021 will go very differently. Yeah. <laughs> and I think all these guys are in Ring of Honor at this point. Yeah. So I'm not sure like where in the timeline they are at Ring of Honor, but I'm guessing Austin Aries is just red hot over there. So that's mm-hmm. probably why I got voted. Yeah. Um but interesting considering Jay Lethal eventually comes to TNA and becomes one of the biggest stars they ever had. Yeah. So absolutely. Um uh, I have I have one comment about this match, which is like about Christopher Daniels in general. Mm-hmm. How cool of a finisher is the Angel Swings? Dude, he... I'll have to give some credit to Austin Aries on how he sold it, too. But yeah, yeah. it looked beautiful. Yeah. That was an amazing... It's an amazing move. His, his BME, too. Best yeah. moonsault ever. And this is a period where, I mean, every time he hits it, it is perfect. Like, yeah. it's a reason that he calls it that, because it's damn good. Yeah. Uh but yeah, Daniels, he's so smooth in this match, man. I mean, he just there was one point where he did that little like split legged moonsault that you see guys do like to the outside mm-hmm. generally, where he yeah. like jumps up, sits on the ropes, and bounces back. Yeah. But he did it inside the ring. And it just felt like like as easy as somebody just walks back and forth. Like he just hopped up there, bing, bang, boom. Didn't even think about it. Like so good. Yeah. So good. Um, but Austin Aries, even though he's a dumb asshole, uh, <laughs> I enjoy watching him wrestle. I feel like he's very explosive. Like he's kind of like a short, stocky yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a great wrestler, no doubt about it. Um, and I guess the premise here is that Daniels, he's the established TNA guy, so he's pretty much like taking Aries to school kind mm-hmm. of deal. A lot of the matches, Daniels kind of dominating, but Austin Aries eventually, uh, he like slaps the shit out of Christopher Daniels. Like you <laughs> see all the sweat fly. Like it looked, that was like a Stephanie McMahon slap. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so this like causes Daniels to get like frustrated and he starts like losing it. And then this allows Austin Aries to kind of take advantage. Um, 
hits uh, some of his signature moves, like the drop kick in the corner. Um, eventually, he hits, he like kicks Daniels in the face. Like Daniels is on his knees. Mm-hmm. He kicks him square in the face. At least it looked like it. Maybe it's the camera angle, but it looked really good. Yeah, it looked fantastic. It looked stiff. And then he hit with a, he, uh, Aries hits a 450. Uh, but Daniels kind of grabs the ropes. He like kind of like, puts his finger. He's like a little bit too far away from it, but he gets like his fingernail on the yeah. ropes, um, which causes uh, the break of that pin. Uh, match ends with like a series of roll ups and counters. Uh, Aries goes for a brain buster, but Daniels beautifully counters it into an angel's wings. Like the whole like transfer like grapple into that move and then the move itself just looks so aesthetically pleasing yeah. um but yeah daniels gets the win here and austin aries i think just i think i guess he sticks right because he comes back as austin star i don't know if he sticks around yeah. or if he like leaves and comes back but i think i think he leaves and comes back I think, I yeah think because i if i'm not mistaken uh, in the same time frame was the time that tna asked for his wrestlers to choose if they wanted to be in TNA or Ring of Honor, it couldn't. They couldn't do both. I think it was oh, more really? or less more. Yeah, there, w- there was a period of time where AJ Styles, Samojo, all these all these guys had to choose between one company and another. So mm-hmm. um, many uh, like Samojo, AJ, they they stayed in TNA, and others like Austin Aries, it was one of, one of the, one of the guys that went back to Ring of Honor. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But that collaboration. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if, if that's in that same period of time, but I know that's mm-hmm. a thing that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm guessing you're right on that one. That, that sounds about right. Um, but yeah, the collaboration with Ring of Honor and TNA just provided so much good stuff. Probably, I guess TNA probably came out ahead of that because they got like Samoa Joe and yeah. eventually they would get guys like Aries and AJ Styles obviously stuck around. So. Well, CM Punk um, as well was was in TNA yeah. uh, in two thousand two, two thousand three, because because of that collaboration with Ring of Honor. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Low key. So, tons of guys. Yeah. Um, solid match there. But after that, we have Jerry Lynn versus Sean Waltman. Yeah. Incre- so uh, incredible to think that just one year removed from that terrible, terrible porno with China, X Pac comes back to <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I like that. That's your main takeaway. <laughs> yeah, that's unbelievable. Not only is it, but you know the year. What month was it? <laughs> I don't know. It was two thousand and four? One night don't in pretend, China. Don't pre- don't pretend like you don't know the date. Don't lie to me, Franklin. <laughs> the release date of that of that cassette VHS. Uh, th- oh, you have it on VHS. That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> you got to rewind yeah. it every time. Uh, that's I'm, an old, thing. I'm an old school guy. I'm an old school guy. Man, whatever. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to judge you. <laughs> oh, man. But speaking of which, I, I came watching this match because it was not. It was it was an OK match. Uh, Jerry Lynn, Sean Waltman. Actually, it was a pretty good match. Uh, I, okay, I, I, like probably this match. I like this match more than the previous one, actually. Yeah. Well, this one had uh, at least a decent amount of story to it. So mm-hmm. uh, Sean Waltman and AJ Styles had uh, actually a really great match at the last pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, where Jerry Lynn was the referee, and they kind of alluded that they had a little promo package before the show or uh, before mm-hmm. the match. Yeah. Um, but Jerry Lynn kind of screwed Sean Waltman. He didn't screw him because Sean Waltman was cheating, but uh, that's kind of the issue 
between them. And I guess they teamed together a long time ago when Sean was just starting off. Uh, but then Sean went to uh, WWF, became a big star. And then Jerry Lynn, I guess he's like, you never called me when you went to the big time kind of deal. <laughs> uh, but uh, and Jerry Lynn is also in this match returning from an injury that he got over a year ago. So he it was a shoulder injury, rotator cuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this is his first match back. So a lot of this match is, as it should be, is Sean Waltman uh, attacking Jerry Lynn's shoulder. Like right at the beginning, like locks him up in an arm ringer kind of deal. Um, at one point, he rams Jerry Lynn into the turnbuckle post, shoulder mm-hmm. first. So I like that aspect of it. Um, other spots in this match, you have Jerry Lynn suplexing X-Pac from the apron to the floor, which looked pretty brutal. <laughs> that nearly de- decapitated the cameraman. I don't know if you noticed <laughs> that. It was so poor close. Poor cameraman. Yeah. Uh, there's a point where uh, X-Pac, he goes for a hurricane run on the Jerry Lynn, but he counters into a powerbomb for a two count. Uh, Jerry Lynn goes for a cradle pile driver. X-Pac gives him a low blow, hits the X-Factor, uh, but Jerry Lynn is able to get his foot on the ropes to break up the pin. I thought that was it. That, that got me. Yeah. Uh, at one point, Jerry Lynn goes for a tombstone. I don't know. Was that something that he generally used? It was kind of a weird... I have no idea. <laughs> to move to pull Actually, out. I have no idea. I've seen a, a few of his matches with RBD, but uh, I, don't, I don't remember him using that tombstone, to be fair. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, but they do the whole deal where X-Pac kind of flips him over and hits a tombstone of his own uh, for a two count. Uh, X-Pac, and towards the end, the finish comes when X-Pac gets Jerry Lynn on his shoulders, but Jerry Lynn counters into a victory roll for a quick win out of nowhere. Um, yeah, there's some post-match shenanigans yeah. too, but as far as the match itself, what did you think of it? I like the match. I like the match. It was uh, even more than what, I, than what I expected because I did not remember uh, that X-Pac, Sean Waltman uh, came back to wrestling. Uh, like I didn't yeah. know about this match with AJ Styles before. So to me, it was like, uh, I thought, okay, he has no ring rust or whatever. And um, mm-hmm. Geraldine, Geraldine, I always expect Geraldine to be that good. E- even now, probably. Yeah. Even now that he's a trainer in AEW. Probably it mm-hmm. can still go and be that good. So, yeah. Uh, that that was even better than what, what I expected. And uh, there was a, a weird moment when uh, uh, X-Pac goes in front of Mike Tenay and starts screaming, uh, suck it, and then uh, two sweets, <laughs> Mike well, Tenay. What a mark. <laughs> <laughs> he is a mark, isn't he? Uh, but, Somet- uh, sometimes I stop and think about and think about that. Uh, uh, Sean Waltman is a two-time Hall of Famer for, <laughs> with DX and NWO, and he could be inducted as a standalone entry. It will be I feel like he should. I think it would be the first and only three-time Hall of Famer. Who would have thought that the first three-time Hall of Famer Sean is fucking one, two, three, kid? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's. But yeah, dude, his his run in TNA, yeah. like, because I'm watching all these shows, and the more I watch of it, the more I'm convinced that Sean Waltman's run in TNA in 2005 is the best work of his career. Yeah, probably because it physically never worked before he was like the punching bag of both nwo right so he didn't have to work matches of course not that long 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Because like this match is great. His match with AJ was great. He had a, actually a really good match with Raven a few months before this. Mm-hmm. Like the Clockwork Orange House of Fun match, whatever it's called. Okay. Um, And he's, yeah, like he's not, because sometimes these legends come in and they kind of phone it in. Like they're just yeah. there for a paycheck. But X-Pac here is definitely. <laughs> We're looking at you, Kevin Nash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought he, Kevin Nash was gone. Apparently he's recovering from a staph infection or something. Mm-hmm. And I think he comes back and. Doesn't he actually all line with Austin Star, or am yeah, I wrong? Yeah, he, he's the one, the one guy behind the paparazzi production. He, he's oh, doing the paparazzi. Yeah, it's Alex Shelley's a part of it. Yeah, now it's yeah. all coming back to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm and not Kevin Nash is the, is the one responsible for the gimmick of Black Machismo. I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. So there's some good, some bad, I guess. That's yeah. TNA in a nutshell. Uh, but after the match, gotta mention. So uh, Jerry Lynn wins. Mm-hmm. X-Pac, Jerry Lynn, they're facing each other. They shake hands. Uh, you know, X-Pac's holding Jerry Lynn's arm up. Like, Here's your winner. Uh, they come in for a hug. Mm-hmm. But then that goddamn Sean Waltman does a shoulder breaker, grabs Jerry Lynn's arm, shoulder breaker to the mat. Because remember, that's his injured shoulder or, or recently recovered shoulder, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, throws Jerry Lynn to the outside, drapes his shoulder over the steel guardrail, bashes it, his shoulder with a steel chair. Commentary is livid yeah, at this. They're not. And you brought it up because like the bastard Pac. Yeah, the bastard X-Pac. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, X-Pac's walking past the commentary table. Mike Tanay is like, you have no respect. And then Sean Waltman's like, respect this. Yeah. That's the crotch chop. Oh, so good. I loved every uh, every bit of this. Poor Mike Tanay. Just trying to call a match, and he's yeah. getting a penis thrown in his face. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's the territory, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but after that, we've got an eight-man tag match. Yes. So we got AMW... Yes. And the Naturals on one team. And the other team, we got Team Canada. Do you enjoy this? Of course. Every time, I'm super biased towards Team Canada. I love them to death. I want them to win every match. <laughs> so uh, I, I, threw, I threw my neutrality right out of the window for this match. Right. I was cheering for Team Canada. Loved it. I, I have to admit that I love AMW. To me, they are the best team ever in TNA. I don't mm-hmm. care. I don't care what you what you think about beer money. I don't care. AMW all the way. And, yeah, uh, I support that. And, and the the only thing I can say about the Naturals is that I remember them uh, from back back in the day. And to me, they are they're I call them the sperm bucks because it's <laughs> not the young bucks yet. It's before that. So they are the sperm bucks. The sperm bucks. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's that's how I call them. Uh, that, that, <laughs> they even like do the super kick party or stuff stuff like that. They look kind of the same as the young bucks. The young bucks will will go to TNA mm-hmm. like uh, two years later uh, with the generation me. No, two three right. years later probably. I don't remember exactly. And, uh, and I, I I to me they were one and the same for many years. <laughs> I realized who the young bucks yeah. were later. So yeah, the sperm bucks. <laughs> there you go yeah, i think the naturals i think the naturals kind of thrived more when they were heels because yeah. they were I, I could see physically they look like the young bucks i think their style is a bit different yeah um i think they're a bit more like traditional 
like ground based kind of. Um, but looking at this match, I mean, TNA, especially in the early days, like tag team wrestling was that thing that it's like, okay, we go to TNA if you want to watch this because yes. like they're doing it better than anybody. And essentially in this match, you have all those teams mm-hmm. that kind of built that division. You have AMW, yes. the Naturals, Team Canada. They've all like faced each other at one point in their careers. Mm-hmm. Um, AMW and the Naturals have faced, they've been bitter rivals for years. Like they've yes. had cage matches and all that stuff. Um, but now they're at a point where they're both baby faces. So they're like, and they both have the bit, they both have been losing the team Canada to the, all the interference and stuff. So it's like, okay, we got a band together for a common enemy kind of deal. Yeah. Blame Canada, but always blame Canada. Always blame Canada. <laughs> um, uh, not on. enough hockey that's, sticks in that, this match. That, that's what happens when, when you have a uh, few borders <laughs> guys, it will never <laughs> happen in Europe. <laughs> There's plenty of people around here. Uh, There's only two people we can blame. (laughs) Yeah, you can blame. uh, It's either build a wall in Mexico or blame Canada. That's it. (laughs) It's either Shocker or A1 that we have to blame. So those are only choices. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Match itself was really, I thought it was a pretty fun match. It was kind of hectic, especially at the end. Uh, What was your main takeaway from this match, I guess? Uh, I I I have a few of them. Uh, I like the, yeah. I like the match as I said. Um, seeing at, at the at the beginning of the match, there were like uh, there was a lot of mat wrestling, and mm-hmm. uh, seeing Bobby Roode working uh, uh, James Storm's leg is the yeah. best wrestling of the night so far. I I I, <laughs> I, I enjoyed that. That thing that it was so vicious, and they both they're they're, they're, they're both so good, and mm-hmm. what they're doing. Oh, and clearly, it. great chemistry between those two. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as we as, as we will discover a few years, exactly uh, removed. Um, Eric Young, what an amazing wrestler! Uh, he can do every he can fill every spot in the card from comedy wrestler. To main mm-hmm. eventer, to to Team Canada, to women's wrestling, as we know he did with uh, <laughs> with ODB at uh, one point, is um, he, 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 uh, I love this one spot where um, yeah he was on the top rope and I remember we were talking about it. so then, like Chase Stevens I believe it is yeah. gives Eric Young an enziguri and yeah. Eric Young falls from the top rope does a face flop bump to the outside yeah, like a sick outside bump he's so bounces it's good yeah, so that was great good. I love that yeah and uh yeah that's it that's that is <laughs> my my takeaway is is that uh, I love people working legs and I love uh, Team Canada. <laughs> this is... Well, everybody knows you're a legs guy, so that, that yeah, doesn't yeah. even need to be said. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, towards the end, so the Naturals hit the natural disaster on Eric Young. Uh, Chris Harris comes in, hits the catatonic on mm-hmm. Petey Williams, which is like a swinging sidewalk slam. Uh, Bobby Roode gets in, tries to hit a Northern Lariat onto Chris Harris. But James Storm intercepts it with a super kick. I, that was a really fun, like, creative <laughs> spot. Um, Chris Harris is in there. Tower of Doom with him, Bobby Roode, Chase Stevens. Yeah, I think at one point, Harris even dives to the outside on everybody. So Chris Harris is really shining in this match. Yeah. Um, AMW. The, the, yeah. Braden, knock, lo- knock. Loved him. Lo- I loved knock, him. Knock, Braden in, Walker. In then Braden Walker happened. Then <laughs> everybody goes through a Braden Walker yeah. phase in their life, right? 
Yeah. Uh, AMW, they go for a heart attack onto Petey, but Harris gets tripped up and pulled to the outside. Uh, this pulls James Storm onto the apron to kind of mitigate this, but uh, Bobby Roode whips Chase Stevens into Storm. Storm goes gets knocked to the outside, and then this allows Bobby Roode to roll up Chase Stevens while holding the tights for the win. To, to recap, so you had basically a guy from... Wins. Always Canada. Canada has to get something. They don't get a lot of wins in life. So um, <laughs> they have free healthcare for God's sake. Yeah, but that's a huge win. Their food sucks, and nobody uses deodorant. So you, you, t- you take some, you lose some. <laughs> uh, dude, I'm Italian. Everybody's food sucks, in my opinion. So, so that's yeah, not you true. got you got pizza, right? Huh? That's yeah. what everybody's eating over there, nonstop. Yeah. I didn't know about the deodorant, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i'm basing this on the one time i went to canada and there's a lot of smelly people there so maybe it's just a uh, segment of it but uh so yeah, basically here you have a guy in the naturals accidentally hitting a guy in the amw so now there's like a pull apart at the end between amw and the naturals so i'm sure that's gonna build to something um but canada comes out the winners so i think we're all happy right yes of course i am uh man but this next match whew. Super X Cup Finals match, Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles. Like, I don't know if I could, like, <laughs> dude, this match is justice, like, no. talking about it. No, probably. It's, yeah, I mean. Just for, just for for our listeners and or watchers, there are no Wendy's involved in this match. If, you, <laughs> if you're familiar with their bout yeah. in WWE, forget about it. Nope. I mean, I... I it's funny, I'm watching this match, and that doesn't even, like, trigger in my mind. It feels like two different people yeah. <laughs> that I'm watching here. Yeah. right? Right. Wendy! That yeah. whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I gotta, I gotta mention, I gotta shit on Shane Douglas at least once in every TNA podcast. So, <laughs> before the match, he's trying to interview Samoa Joe, and this is during the whole time where Samoa Joe doesn't really talk. Um, I think at this point, he's never said any words, actually. Um, so Shane Douglas is like asking him questions. Samoa Joe's not answering. <laughs> Shane Douglas gets pissed. He like grabs a chair. He sits it down. He's like, you're not going to disrespect me. You're going to answer my questions right now. And then Samoa Joe like kind of just gets face to face. And I don't remember what he said. He's like, oh, you want me to show you respect? My respect is that I'm not kicking your ass right now. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay, that's fine. And Shane Douglas, like Samoa Joe walks off and Shane Douglas like, He's all pissed, like he's like shaking. I don't know if that's building to anything or if that's a Shane Douglas trying to get himself over. But I, I think Shane Douglas, Shane Douglas will leave TNA like a few a few months after that. Well, I know at uh, one point doesn't he manage the Naturals? He is already managing the Naturals, even even now. Not, not at this point. No, really. No, I think it's about to happen. I think it, I think they're okay, really like okay. Up, so I, because I guess my timeline messed up. The Naturals, they were managed by Chris Candido. Then he passed. So now they're in this basically period where, okay, we can't boo the Naturals because their manager just passed away. So they're baby faces de facto. Yeah. So I guess they're going to eventually, but the pull apart that we saw in the last match, so one of those teams has to be heel. And I'm guessing that maybe that gets sparked by Shane Douglas entering the picture, but I'm just guessing purely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Joe versus Styles, just like, like you have a picture in your head of what it's going to be and it's even better. By the yeah. way, I tweeted this match out. Impact has this on YouTube for free. So if you just search for Smojo versus AJ Styles, Sacrifice 05, 
go and enjoy it. Every second of it is worth it. Yeah. And this we're only a month away from that famous unbreakable three-way between these two and Daniels. Yeah. So this match kind of flies under the radar, I guess, because of that. But yeah. um, Daniels, at this point, he's the champion, X-Division champion. He's on commentary. Um, and from, from the beginning, man, this match is red hot. You have AJ, the, obviously the smaller guy, but he's still kind of using these power moves. Mm-hmm. He's body slamming Samojo, suplexing him. Um, really, just really physical. This match was throughout. Yeah, there was that that fucking kick through the ropes, man. That was, <laughs> uh, there was uh, a- AJ hanging on onto between the second and third rope, I think. And then Samojo, uh-huh. boom, just kicked him square in the face, and uh, yeah, it it didn't even touch the apron. It it just landed on his head on the concrete below. Oh, yeah, fuck, it's kind of like. Was, like if you're listening, so it's it's basically the, the face wash move that Samoa Joe typically does. But think of it, he just kicks him straight in the face and knocks him to the outside. That's yeah. basically what it was. Yeah. Um, another spot I really enjoyed. So early in the match, AJ does like this kip up into a Hurricane Rana. Like he's on mm-hmm. his back and he jumps oh, yeah. up and Rana's Joe. Um, but later in the match, he tries to do it again. But this time, Joe is wise to his tactics. So he just kind of like brushes him off and then gives him... One of the most sickening power bombs I've yeah. ever seen in my life. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a last ride. It wasn't a sit out. No. It wasn't a spinning power. It was just a power bomb. But he almost drove this dude through the ring with it. Yeah. And then he turned to the lion tamer. Oh, yeah. Is and that's it, like a spot he would do a lot in his career. But for, for whatever reason, it just looked more vicious. Like it's when he power bombs them, pins them like he's still folded up. They kick out. And then he counters into like a Boston Crab, Lion Tamer kind of deal. Yeah. Then transitioned into an SCF. Like it was a spot he would do a lot, but it looked really good here. Yeah, it, it was so vicious and so smooth. There, there is li- really no one like Samojo. Nobody. No. Nobody. Even to this day, there, n- no one comes close. In my opinion. Yeah. Is is really, really really unique, really unique mm-hmm. person. Yeah, especially at this point. Especially in the X division when it's typically like the smaller guys, but this is when they're really driving home. It's not about weight limits; it's about yeah. no limits, Professor. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that's how Samoa Joe gets entered into this. Um, <laughs> this popped me really hard. So yeah. Joe does—I don't know how you would describe it. He's—it's like a rolling cradle pin where he's like spinning them all over the yeah. ring, yeah. over and over again. Uh, goes for the pin itself. It's a two count. But then AJ, the way he sells it, so he's like trying to get to his feet. He's all disoriented because he's dizzy. And then he goes for the Pele kick, but he's like on the other side of the ring, yeah. like really putting over how like disoriented yeah. he is. That, that was, was hilarious. This, this, this is the, the, uh, the, the in-between stuff that really, really yes, really shows you how fucking of a genius a wrestler can be. And in this case, he is. That's amazing. Yeah. That, that, that was a stroke of genius in my opinion. Both, both these guys are just tremendous yeah. in that way. Yeah, yeah. And even before that, there is another another spot where um, AJ Styles jumps on the top rope and does a senton in midair. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you noticed. I think if you, you honestly forgot what he wanted to do. Because pro- probably he wanted to do a 450. Because mm-hmm. I don't recall him doing sentence. And uh, he wanted to do a 450, but he forgot to 
rotate basically i had i had the same thought yeah there is at this moment in me there when it says oh fuck it and it is able i don't know how it's able it's able to rotate and, and land a scent on like like it, it looked like he intended to do that yeah 100 yeah because yeah like you said he usually does that springboard 450 but yeah. it was like a just a, a swanton senton kind of deal um but yeah this match i think what made it so good is like you had the hard-hitting stuff you had the high flying stuff, but you also had like the the, the selling was great. between like we just talked about with the, yeah. how he got spun and got dizzy. But there's just like the intensity of it. Like there's a spot where they're just trading strikes in the middle of the in the middle of the ring, rapid mm-hmm. fire strikes from Joe, like all the yeah. slaps. But then AJ counters with a Pele kick, and they're both laid out, and then crowd's going nuts over this. And it's just like, man, this match never let up. Yeah, this is. So- one of those occasions when when you suspend your disbelief they're they're right. both so good they they what whatever they do is so fucking believable that mm-hmm. you say okay they are going at it for real <laughs> like yeah you, you you suspend your disbelief and uh that's something really rare yeah in, in pro wrestling especially especially now that we are accustomed to to see whatever crazy flight move uh, and uh 400 super kicks and stuff like that and yeah wow, no that's that a good was... point i'm glad you brought that up because like like you said nowadays these matches can be very choreographed like i mean they're all choreographed but they yeah. they feel choreographed when you're watching them this match here did not like at no point was like oh no. these are two guys that worked out a match and they, they had the spots that they're doing no it felt like these guys were fighting yeah. and these two even in like the Ring of Honor stuff I'm watching from earlier in the 2000s, like they were both really great back then too. So it's no yes. surprise that they were able to create something like this. But uh, towards the end, Smojo's going for the Muscle Buster. AJ fights out, and then incredibly, even this far into the match, AJ picks up Joe into like a torture rack position, slams him. But in slamming him, he knocks out the ref yeah. with Joe's feet, I guess, and inadvertently. Uh, Daniels at this point, cause remember he's on commentary. He runs in, gives AJ an STO. Uh, and then Daniels goes to hit Joe with the title belt, but Joe sees him. And then Daniels is like, Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Mr. Joe. I didn't mean to. Um, so at this point, AJ is back up. He clotheslines Daniels out of the ring. Uh, but Joe is able to take advantage and hits a brutal muscle buster locks in the coquina clutch, uh, new ref or the ref is, awake now uh aj fights to get to the ropes he's almost there but he has to tap so smojo wins the 2005 super x cup and now has a title match against christopher daniels but we all know because unbreakable is the next Mm pay-per-view we all know that's going to be a triple threat match between all these three guys and uh man it's incredible that only gets better from here because this was amazing yeah this was amazing uh uh I, I don't know if, if you're a believer of the five stars or whatever, but if we want to use that metric, that was clearly a five-star match. There is, I, I see no flaws yeah. whatsoever in this match. Uh, it, was, it, was, um, it, it was believable. It was mm-hmm. fun. It, 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 I, I don't know how long how long it was, but it felt yeah, like... I, uh, I don't even think it was that long. That was like my only... like I could have even been longer, I think, but yeah. it might have been only been like 15 minutes. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. But I guess they'll, they'll continue to build onto it. So, yeah. Um, but after this, so I guess it's the main event after this, right? Yeah. So the yeah. main event, 
we have uh oh sorry just 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 one little thing this yeah, this was yeah. this was the first time that aj styles stepped out in tna uh is it wow yeah yeah first I believe time it. first time that it yeah so that was even more of an historic achievement for samoa joe yeah yeah and samoa joe at this point i mean because he goes on to have like a crazy undefeated streak like over a year i think so we're just at the beginning of that he only debuted mm-hmm. a few months ago so yeah. um really just putting over how dominant Samoa Joe is. And yeah, that's a good little detail because that just reinforces yeah. how, how dangerous he is and how dangerous that choke is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good shit. But that brings us to the main of, I, I thought honestly, actually after watching the show, I'm okay with what was main event. But when I lo- when I looked at the card and I saw the match order, I was like, that's kind of strange, but, yeah. um, so the main event is Jeff Jarrett and Rhino versus Raven and Sabu, man, you look at these four guys like one of these things. It's Our not blood. like the other, <laughs> which is, you know, what's interesting is so obviously three of the four guys here are ECW guys. Yeah. Um, this show takes place only a few months after that first ECW one night stand. Yeah, that WWE had. So I'm wondering if they're like trying to capitalize on the popularity, popularity of that by one putting the NWA title on Raven and two bringing in guys like Rhino and Sabu. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, Raven, uh, was already there. Rhino. Um, I don't know. Has he, has he been there long? So he longer, debuted longer at the last pay-per-view. Than, than this pay-per-view. Oh, okay. Last pay-per-view. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Rhino basically throughout the whole show at the last pay-per-view, Jarrett was like, where's Rhino? He's like asking everybody backstage. I, I want Rhino. I'm going to kick his ass. <laughs> um, but at the end of the match or at the end of the show, Raven, who had just retained his title, is standing in the ring. Jeff Jarrett comes out and Jeff Jarrett points at Raven and he's like, hey, Raven, turn around. And then uh, there's Rhino gores the hell out of Raven. So Jeff Jarrett and Rhino are in cahoots. I don't know if Rhino is like the paid assassin of Jeff. Jarrett. They didn't really explain that. They're just aligned yeah. and we have to accept it. But yeah, um, whatever. And Jarrett, obviously, he's always the world champion. So. Raven is that champion right now. So Jeff Jarrett's trying to get a title match, but then there's this whole thing with Larry Zabisco, who's like the head, I don't know, GM, whatever his title is. He's yeah. like, no, you matchmaker. lost it. You're in the back of the line. Yeah. Matchmaker. Um, so you, you're in the back of the line. Jeff Jarrett's like, back of the line. Well, well, goddamn Memphis. So he's, uh, in this match and the stakes of this match, which were laid out, I guess in the pre-show mm-hmm. is if Jarrett. So if Raven beats Jarrett, then he doesn't get a title match for an entire year. Yes. Jarrett doesn't. Correct. But if Jarrett pins, pins Raven, then he gets a title match at Unbreakable. But they never really mentioned, well, what if Sabu gets the pinfall? What if Rhino gets the <laughs> pinfall? So they, they kind of, you know, there's a gap in logic there. Yeah. But that ends up, that actually ends up playing out in the, in the finish. So maybe that's that was intended. Yeah. Um, and also a constant thread throughout the show. Is, so they ju- they just landed that deal with Spike. So Jarrett is basically paranoid that with Spike, with you know the company's TNA is going to the moon, uh, everybody's going to want to come to TNA, which kind of is what happens, really. Because yeah. um, we just we saw Rhino is here, and he's like, that's just the beginning. So when people come in, that means people are going to get fired. So and Jarrett's like, well, it's going to be the originals that get fired because all these shiny new toys coming in. It's kind of relevant to what's going on today yes. honestly but uh 
Um, so Jarrett's like paranoid. He's basically like, well, if I'm not world champion, then I'm expendable and they're going to fire me. So that's kind of his motivation behind this whole thing, this, this whole thing. And he's like throughout the show, he's like walking up to AMW, the naturals, Team Canada, all these TNA originals. And he's like, you better join up with me or you're going to be fired along with me. And I think I think eventually doesn't AMW join up with Jarrett. Oh, or God. the Naturals. It's one of the maybe Team Canada. I, th- I think eventually one of these teams does. I don't remember. Or maybe all that. of them. Maybe all of them. Who knows? But um, that's kind of the backstory here. No titles are on the line. Um, just the stakes that I laid out earlier. But this match here, the main event, um, like we said in the beginning, it was better than it had any business being. Yeah. Um, definitely. It wasn't built as like a street fight or a hardcore match, but that's what it was. Um, considering three out of the four guys are ECW alumni. It makes sense. Um, I've always loved the chemistry between Raven and Rhino. Mm -hmm. Like one of my low key favorite matches ever is their hardcore match from backlash 2001. Have you ever seen that match? Mm -hmm. Uh, no. Oh, have I go check it out. Don't don't remember that. Sorry. It's it's like a 10 minute match. Go. If you ever have free time, that that's definitely worth a watch Uh is uh, the best thing. Either of those guys ever did in WWE (laughs) for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, what lot, lots of craziness, a lot of weapons and blood and all that. I, anything in particular stick you, out to you? you? You know what? Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, uh, Jeff Jarrett's signature spot is being thrown into the announcers. <laughs> if, you, if you remember, <laughs> even, yeah, yeah. even last time it, it did the spot. And right. uh, I appreciate the fact that they saved uh, the blood for this match only. That yeah. That made it stand out to me. Because again, now we are so desensitized, desensitized. There you uh, go. <laughs> sorry, and uh, um, and we are used to see, as I said, multiple uh, false finishes, multiple kickouts, multiple uh, blood crimson masks uh, during during the same show. Yeah, yeah. In this case, I noticed it because that was the only match with color. I was like, whoa, right. Cool. And that was the thing that got me even more into the match. I was already kind of appreciating it, but after that, it was like, okay, I'm sold. Great match. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah, I didn't really even realize that, but that is what kind of made it. When you don't see blood a lot, when it happens, it's like, oh my God, he's bleeding. Um, But I I think the first one that gets cut up is Jarrett. And how does he get cut open? Well, with a pizza cutter. <laughs> Obviously, what else would it be? <laughs> um, I would say Jarrett. We joked about how he kind of sticks out like a sore thumb in this match, but he was he was hanging in there with these guys and all the hardcore stuff they were doing. So I, I'm gonna give yeah. props to Jeff Jarrett in this match for sure. Yeah. Um, taking like I said, the pizza cutter. He's getting bashed in the head with trash cans. Chair. Sh- Some of these chair shots, man. I mean, in hindsight. Ooh. Some Maybe not the uh, yeah. yeah uh, Sabu gets a chair shot uh, from Rhino, if I recall correctly. That was mm-hmm. pretty stiff. <laughs> oh, yeah, and also, uh, Sa- it's the first time that Sabu doesn't botch any of his of his chair spots. Yeah, I actually made a note of that as well. Sabu looked really smooth in this in this match. Oh. I think he has a, like a misstep at the beginning. I don't remember uh, what, but it was something like minute. And uh, mm-hmm. then, then uh, every time he sets up the chair, I was like, they're like, okay, here we go. 
There's a Cebu, <laughs> yep. there's a Cebu chair botch <laughs> trademark, <laughs> like, and, yep. and he, he never he never bought it. Congrats, bravo, bravo. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Every time he did it, I was like, well, there's bound <laughs> to be at least one. But no, I think he hit one. It was like he stepped up on the chair and hit a, a Rana onto somebody. Um, there's another one where he did like, uh, I guess an Arabian leg drop. Is that what it's called? Where he like runs up the yeah. chair, bounces on the ropes and then 180s into a leg drop. Looked yes. really good. Um, they had the leg drop with the chair under his legs. Like he's busting out all the Sabu stuff yeah. in this, in this match. And, and it, they all connected. Amazingly. This, this has got to be the only match that yeah. it ever happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll call Guinness World Record. We, we got to know. Yes. <laughs> That's the only time. Least amount of Sabu botches. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. But uh, so what happens here. So Jarrett got to have a guitar shot of course. in this match, which I don't actually think ended up happening because Jarrett teased it. He was going to hit Raven with a guitar, but Cassidy Riley, who is, I guess, like Raven's minion. He's yeah. like, he's dressing up like Raven. I don't even know if Raven ever acknowledges him, but he's like, oh, I, I'm a part of the flock. Cassidy I think, Riley. I think this is this is like uh, the the beginning of of Raven's group, which which was called the uh, Serotonin. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm you unfamiliar. Remember. You're not familiar. Kazarian was a part of it. Real else? Yeah, <laughs> I think he's actually in WWE at this point, but I don't think it lasts too long. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, this group. Uh, it was him and the other two guys, one of which was Kazarian. I don't remember the other one, probably the one that we saw in this in this show. And yeah, uh, yeah it was basically the Ravens flock, <laughs> but TNA you know version. What? Now that you mention it, I kind of have vague. Was did it go like into into like the middle of 06? Yes, yes. Okay, because that's and like the, when I started watching, so I, yeah, I have vague he was, memories. He was dressing like all in white. It was like this kind of a messiah, savior mm. gimmick. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, yeah. I dig it. I dig it. Um, but uh, Rhino, everybody's hitting their finishers on everybody. Rhino gores Raven. Oh, great gore. Oh, all those gores are great. Rhino, yeah, come on, man. Uh, goes to gore Sabu. But misses and gores the ref instead. Yeah. These referees, man, this is a dangerous work environment to say the least. Oh yeah. Um, Sabu takes out Rhino with a chair shot, then hits the leg drop with the chair, um, and then Abyss runs in. He uh, puts Sabu basically. He like gets in the ring, picks up Sabu, mm-hmm. and throws him through a table that's set up ringside. I uh, I don't know what the motivation is behind this, but and and uh, I don't know if you notice it when when it throws the table, there was the the, the referee's leg like on the table, and Sabu almost broke his leg, Ooh. almost broke the referee's <laughs> leg. Yeah, that was that was so fucking scary. Nice. Yeah. Let's go watch that pack. That's these. I'm telling you, these referees they don't get paid enough. Yeah. Um, but you're, I know you're thinking to yourself, like, man, I I could use some more run-ins in this match. So yeah. Abyss puts Sabu through the table and then in comes Jeff Hardy takes out Abyss with a chair, hits a twist of fate onto Jeff Jarrett, hits the swanton on Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but there was this whole deal where um, so Jeff Jarrett or Jeff Hardy was with the company, but he no showed a few shows. Yes. So he got suspended like for real. So basically <laughs> they're playing off of this. 
and they're basically saying if Jeff Hardy doesn't show up tonight, then he's fired. So they're basically making a kayfabe storyline out of a real situation, I guess. But uh, Jeff Hardy shows up here at the end, and uh, I guess he's not fired. And yet. I, I think it, it was supposed to to wrestle in Sabu's place, but I think Sabu was was a replacement of Jeff Hardy, mm-hmm. and at least that that's what the the, the Spanish commentators told me. <laughs> this, yeah, <laughs> this, they said that uh, that uh, they didn't know if he was gonna wrestle or not, and and Sabu was the the, the appointed replacement or something like that. And uh, in the end, okay, we can confirm Jeff Hardy is not here. Sabu will wrestle. <laughs> right. Oh, man. I can see that for sure. Yeah, I know that. I guess now I'm thinking about it. I know Jeff Hardy and Abyss. It might, there might be other guys involved, but they have a Monsters Ball match at Bound for Glory in a few months. And I think that's, that's, that's that famous spot where Jeff Hardy like goes on top of the screen and yeah. swantons onto Abyss. So um, I guess that carries for a few months. But uh, a new referee's in. Because remember, Jeff Hardy swantoned Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Raven covers Jeff Jarrett, but uh, Rhino is in there to break it up. Rhino then sets up a table in the corner, and you know, Raven and Jeff Jarrett, they're jo- jockeying for a position in the corner, but Rhino ends up coming out of nowhere and gores Raven through the table, yes. pins Raven. So Rhino and Jeff Jarrett gets to win, but it's important because Rhino is the one that got the pin, and remember, we laid out the stakes. It was like if Jared pits Raven, it pins Raven. If Raven pin, pins yeah. Jared, but what happens if Rhino gets the pin? So that's what happens. Jared's upset because he was like, "I'm supposed to win, Memphis." <laughs> and then, uh, so I guess there's, I think Rhino eventually, eventually beats Jared for the title at some point, if I remember I, correctly. I so. so I think so. Because yes, then the beginning when, when, of that tension. When Christian Cage comes in, I think he wins the title off of Rhino, if I'm correct. So no, he beats Jarrett for the title. He Christian beats Jarrett. Does. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I guess they hot potato the title a little bit, but okay, okay. Um so that sets up an issue between Rhino and Jarrett, I guess. Um but yeah, like I said, this match is definitely a hardcore lots of weapons, lots of shenanigans, lots of run-ins, but I, I enjoyed it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't expect <laughs> I didn't expect to enjoy it. <laughs> but Me neither. Yeah, yeah I, I loved it. I, it was so overbooked, but not too much overbooked, if that makes sense mm-hmm. to you. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I loved it absolutely. And there, there were a couple of nice touch touches there, like you know uh, the blood that is, that was saved just for the main event. You know, this kind of little things that made the difference, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. I respect you, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> For one night only, I respect Jeff only, Jarrett. I respect Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> uh, so yeah, man, that brings Sacrifice 05 to a close. Uh, any other thoughts on the show as a whole? No, well, I think it was a strong show. Uh, it's I agree. That, it's something that has a, a, a kind of, a, of decent rewatchability value to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the AJ Styles Samoa Joe match was amazing. Everyone should watch it right now. And but even the main event and even some other matches here and there were were cool. I liked it. I liked it. That's a great show. Thank you. Thank you for for asking me to come uh, to, of to the apron bump uh, and uh, talk about it. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, you're my go-to TNA guy, man. And I know you're always waiting in the wings to talk about some yeah. some Kip James. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the outlaw. The outlaw. 
but yeah, again, as always, a pleasure. Thank you for uh, making the time to watch the show. Come on here, talk about it. Uh, where can everybody find you and listen to the Last Minute Wrestling Podcast? Nowhere. Don't do that, guys. Seriously. No, don't do don't, that? Don't, okay. Don't. No, well, fuck no, this no, guy, no. I guess. No, no, yeah. No, uh, my website is lmwpodcast.com. And uh, if you go to this wonderful place here that I have on my T-shirt, which is Verbal, Verbal.com is like uh, something like a, a Spotify for podcasts, specifically, right. where you could even uh, uh, cut like small clips of a certain podcast and uh, and save it and play it for the future. You know, every time someone says something like, what did they say before? Like the strap on and Monty Brown or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. If anybody's you, looking to get strap on by Monty Brown, they can find it easily. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And uh, that's a, that's a great place to, to, to discover new, new podcasts. So go to verbal.com slash forward the LMW podcast. I think. Awesome. Something like that. I'll, I'll, you can send it to me. I'll put it in the description or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or what? Or wherever you want to. You know, YouTube, uh, Twitter, uh, everywhere. Pornhub, all, all the usual I'm suspects. On, I'm so. on Pornhub as well because I've been I've been guest of our yeah. <laughs> our common friend Matt Reader. Uh, yeah. uh, all this uh, is it smacking it raw, right? Smacking yes, there's because because the, there's smacked raw and yeah, then there's smacking yeah, it raw. Yeah, because when when I when I was a guest on his show, I think I said the other name, so he didn't invite me back. So <laughs> <laughs> that's no, what he no. tells me in the DMs, like fuck this Frank guy, isn't fuck even. This Frank, okay, yeah. <laughs> just to ruin me. <laughs> no, so yeah, you you can actually find my face on Pornhub because of him. Yeah, sometimes I just see your face in the corner, like in the, you know, you might, you may also like this. So I have to look at your face while yeah. I, you know. When, every time, every time you, you search for like uh, hot Italians and stuff like that in the category. Which I generally do. So yeah. that's where the overlap is. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, also always a great time, Frank. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely do this again sometime, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Oh, oh, sorry. Didn't see you there. <laughs> sorry, I was jamming out there. I didn't didn't notice. Uh, Creed, everybody. Gotta love Creed. My sacrifice. It's the title of this it's the title of this pay per view. Once again, thank you to Frank for uh, joining me on this podcast. Awesome time as always with my boy Franklin. Uh, I know that's not his real name, but I like calling him that because I love the TV show growing up. Hey, it's Franklin. Um, but go check Frank out. He has an awesome podcast himself. Check him out at lmwpodcast.com. Check him out on Twitter at lmwpodcast. Check out verbal.com as well. Frank is a ambassador for that great website. So go check that out. Um, and yeah, that's about all daddy has for you today. Uh, apronbump.com for all my episodes, all my social media. Episodes tab, if you want to select a particular genre of wrestling, promotion, era, all that shit. Apronbump.com. All my social media also in the description. And that's about it. I appreciate all you uh, really do. I appreciate the support that all you guys give me for this podcast. Really, really tickles my cockles and uh, makes me enjoy doing this every week. So I appreciate you all. Really do. 
Uh, that's uh, that's it. All right, I'm going. You hang up. <laughs> no, you hang up. <laughs> I'm hard. Yeah.